You're listening to a message from Impact Student Ministry, a middle and high school-oriented production of The Summit Church. Yo, what's up, Impact? Awesome. How are you guys doing tonight? Good. Awesome. Um, Yeah, so for those of you who don't know who I am, my name is Jake. Um, Normally, you can find me up here on Wednesdays singing with the band, doing things with them. But uh, tonight, I am giving the message. And a quick little fact about me. It has been about five or six years since I have given a message. So I'm a little nervous. Uh, So if I get lost or anything, um, forgive me. This was Chris's idea. So if it's bad, blame him. All right? If it's good, it's on me. All right? It's my credit. But if it's bad, it's his fault. He's right there. All right. Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, we are in week two of our Save the Date series, and uh, another little fun fact about me, I actually get married in about a month and a half, right? Yeah. So I'm going through a whole bunch of stuff, uh, learning about how to be a godly husband, learning about how to leave my family, and um, this is where my world is right now, is wrapped up in this entire thing. Uh, and that is my beautiful fiance, Sarah. As you can see, she is much prettier than I am. And uh, she is my entire world. I love her to death. If you mess with her, I will end you. All right? Yeah. Um, another little fun fact. We actually got engaged about eight months ago, right about um, here-ish. Like, right? Yeah. There's the picture. Some of you may remember that. It was fun. It was a great night. Loved it. Um, That was cool. So yeah, that is my entire life right now is learning all about this stuff, about how to be a husband. And um, with that going on, we thought it would be cool to share what uh, I am living right now with you guys about what does it mean to be in a right relationship. So uh, we're, like I said, we're in week two of Save the Day. I think this picture is like really funny, by the way, because like this date, like it's just a piece of fruit. It's like a little pun. Yeah, you thought it was a raisin? I thought it was like just some weird scribble, and then someone's like, no, it's a date. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. But uh, so what better way to kick off? Oh, also, it's Valentine's Day tomorrow. Like, that's really cool. Uh, How many of you guys like Valentine's Day? Yeah, some of you. How many of you guys hate Valentine's Day? Hate Valentine's Day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I knew that one would get a lot of response, all right? When I was a kid, it used to be like uh, Valentine's Day was really cool. Like we all liked Valentine's Day because we all got candy in school and we all just like got hopped up on sugar and got on our teacher's nerves, right? Like what's better than that? I always think that's cool. Chris loved that when he was a teacher. Was, you know, kids getting sugar and getting on his nerves. But um, yeah, so uh, Valentine's Day was always really fun for me. Um, but I'll tell you guys a funny Valentine's Day story and then we'll kind of get into things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to. Um, So when I was in middle school, this was about seventh grade or so, um, Valentine's Day rolls around, right? And uh, I was single, and I was kind of upset that I was single on Valentine's Day. But in middle school, we're all awkward, so, like, it's no wonder I was single because, like, because I was weird. I'm still weird. But, um, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. so Valentine's Day rolls around, and I'm like, man, I really would like a girlfriend on Valentine's Day. I see all the cool kids on Valentine's Day in school, and they all got their girlfriends, and I'm like getting real kind of jealous. And uh, so I think that the best thing for me to do is to hop on MySpace and look for the cutest single girl that I can find, right? 
Oh, yeah, you guys know where this is rolling. Right, MySpace, I just dated myself, right? Uh, everyone's like, MySpace? Some of the sixth graders are like, what is that? It's like Facebook, all right? It's kind of like Facebook. You thought Facebook was for old people? Like, MySpace is really for the old people. But uh, so I hop on MySpace, and I'm searching through, like, my friends and seeing kind of, like, what the deal is, um, see who's single. And I stumble across this cute girl. Her name's Nicole. And uh, I think, you know, I know of Nicole. Me and Nicole, not friends, really, but I'm going to ask Nicole out. And, like, that's what, I get in my, that's what I get in my head, right? So I pull up the DMs, slide into those DMs real quick, and I'm like, hey, girl, what's up? And, uh, <laughs> and so I start, uh, start laying, on the, uh, laying on the little chat there and uh, start throwing some game. And uh, I asked Nicole out. You know, I made her feel real good about herself and asked her out. And uh, she said yes. Believe it or not, she said yes over MySpace Messenger. Right? Isn't that crazy? It worked. And so uh, I'm ecstatic. And I'm thrilled that I just got the girl on Valentine's Day because I was lonely. And now I got a girlfriend. Like, that's what I want. And I see so many all Snapchats out there. You're like, hey, yo, hit me up. I need a girl for Valentine's Day. I'm not going to say any names, but Brant. <laughs> I can pick on him. He's one of my band members. Like, I can say that stuff, right? Um, yeah, so I know where, know where you're coming from. But she said yes, and I was all excited. I go to bed that night, right? And I wake up the next morning to go to school. And I forget all about this. Totally forgot that I had a girlfriend. I go to school. I had classes with Nicole, y'all. I sat so my last name begins with a C. Her last name begins with a D. We sit next to each other in like two of these classes. I forget all about the fact that she is now my girlfriend. I don't say two words to this girl. Right? I don't even say one word to the girl for a whole day. Right? See her tons of times. Forget all about it. I go home. Still don't think about it. I play guitar like I was playing guitar at the time. And then I go to bed. Wake up the next day. It's now February 16th. I go back to school, and I still don't think anything about it for the entire second day. It's been 48 hours. Second day, second evening rolls around. I go home, hop back on MySpace, and I see that I have a message, right? I have a message on MySpace. Yeah, y'all think y'all know where this is going, but you don't. I promise. So uh, I pull up my message, and it's my buddy Justin. Yeah, you all thought it was Nicole, didn't you? But uh, so my buddy Justin sent me a message, and I see it, and I'm looking at it. And actually, earlier today, I wanted to go find these messages for y'all, so I tried to get on my old MySpace account, but I couldn't remember the password, so sorry. But uh, I see Justin sent me a message, and I look, and I see the new message, but right beneath Justin's message was this whole interaction that I had with Nicole two days earlier, and it hits me. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have a girlfriend that I have not spoken to for 48 hours. Oh, man, this is bad. Like, I am horrible. Like, this is awful. Any Parks and Recs fans in here? You know, anybody like Parks and Rec? You know, John Ralphio, when he's calling, or talking about his sister, he's like, you are the worst. That whole deal? Yeah, that's me. Um, so uh, I proceed to think that I got to fix this problem i got to fix what's going on here. So most people would probably apologize, try to save the relationship, not me. I said, all right, now i got to break up with her. i got to dump her. 
Yep, so I message her back on MySpace and say this whole thing about how I was a horrible student and that I was going to blame our relationship failure on the fact that I needed to focus on my grades. Totally not true. I lied. And Nicole, if you somehow hear this story right now, someone sends this to you, I am so sorry. I know I'm terrible. But uh, I lied totally about it. And here's the worst part about the story, y'all. She shoots back a message, and she goes, no, we can work this out. It's okay. I forgive you. Oh, yeah. And uh, she's like, I I forgive you. We can work it out. It's okay. We can make this work. And I was like, you don't understand this is not going to work. And, uh, and so into uh, that one real quick. Yeah, so to put it into context, my first conversation with the girl was me asking her out. And then my second conversation with the girl was me dumping her. Right? That's how it worked. There was no words in between. That's pretty terrible, I know. But uh, I had this awesome experience. And then I forgot all about it, you know, because it was emotional. And uh, as I was thinking about this whole story... It got me thinking about how many times do we treat our relationship with Jesus the same way? How many times do we have a great experience at Big Stuff or at Crowder's Ridge or even here at Impact or uh, just anywhere? How many times do we have an incredible experience with Jesus and then the next day it's like it didn't even happen? And so here's here's the thing that it kind of led me to. The same thing happens in our relationship with Jesus, like what happened with me and Nicole. Our relationship was built on an emotional response and not anything sustainable. It wasn't built on something that was going to sustain you. It wasn't built on anything that was going to sustain me. And so here's the thing that I want to start off with tonight. And it's this whole concept that the only thing that is going to sustain you in life is your intimacy with Jesus, right? And what do I mean by that? I simply mean that the only thing that's going to bring you happiness time and time again, the only thing that's going to bring you purpose, the only thing that's going to give you a sense that you matter is your intimacy with Jesus. I got a couple of notes written down. Excuse me, I'm going to reference my notes a lot, all right, because I'm new at this, just to be honest with you. Uh, Yeah, so here we go. Um, A lot of times in our life, we believe that we have to find our source of fulfillment, our source of happiness, or our source of purpose from so many different things. That can be our jobs, that can be our activities, that could be our friends, or it could really be our significant other, the person that we're going to call our girlfriend or boyfriend. And to be honest with you, if you really think about this for a second, it's kind of unfair to say that that other person, once you're in a relationship, it's unfair to them to say that they are now responsible for bringing you happiness. You know, that's a big challenge, right? Can you guys kind of see where I'm going with that? It's a big challenge to say that person is now what is supposed to bring me happiness time and time and time again. The reason I say that's unfair is because that person is going to let you down and you're going to let them down. And so it has to come from somewhere else. It has to come from Jesus. It has to come from a love that is perfect. It has to come from something that's not human, right? And so to, uh, to kind of prove my point here, I want to go to a verse here, Psalm 37, 4. 
It says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So we're going to break this down for a second. You're probably like, this doesn't really even fit what you're talking about, Jake. I promise you it does. We'll get there. So the first thing I want to break down in this verse for you guys is give you the desires of your heart. Right? What does that mean? Um, I used to think when I was younger that uh, if I prayed to God a couple of times um, and you know said a few like, Jesus, I love yous, um, then God would fulfill my desire that I wanted a billion dollars, right? Guess who still does not have a billion dollars? This guy, right? I barely got one dollar. Yeah, so it's not there. So it does, this verse does not mean that God's going to give you whatever you want, right? It doesn't mean that at all. Uh, most people don't know this. Maybe you guys do. And if you do, congrats. That's awesome. You should know this. But um, the Bible, especially this verse, uh, was not written in English. It was actually written in Hebrew and in Greek, right? And so then it was translated over to English. And this is what we got in our English translation. But from the literal Hebrew translation, this verse more accurately would be translated as if God placed desires in your heart that lined up with his desires for your life. So we really could read it kind of like, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will place desires in your heart that are his desires for you. Does that make sense? Like he will give you a desire, not he will give you what you want, if that makes any sense. And so uh, how do we get there, especially in like a relationship? Like what if I desire a relationship? Well, you have to delight yourself. So let's talk about delight. I'm going back to my notes over here because I can't remember what I wrote down. Sorry. I know they're over here. Oh, yeah. There we go. So what does it mean to delight in your relationship with the Lord? Well, it's kind of like how you would delight yourself in your relationship with another person, either your friend or your girlfriend or your boyfriend. It would be more along the lines, the idea that you first have to have a relationship together, right? Kind of have to have that. You spend time together. You communicate with one another. And you truly care about what the other one thinks. And so uh, I think a lot about my relationship with Sarah in this context. How do I delight myself with Sarah? Well, it wouldn't be really taking much delight in Sarah at first. Uh, I didn't spend time with her. She'd be pretty upset, right? Uh, or communicate with her or truly care about her. Uh, she, wouldn't, she wouldn't be with me if I didn't do any of those things. Think about my relationship with Nicole. Lasted two days. I didn't do any of those things. It was ended failed miserably, right? And so um, what I wanted to explain to everyone here, just with those things, if you do those things with the Lord, if you have a relationship with him, you spend time with him, you communicate with him, truly care about him, care about what he says, that's when we're going to find the Lord's desires for our lives. And so um, if God truly desires for you to be in a relationship and you want to know that, then you have to first have a relationship with him. And so quick sidebar, uh, relationships are not a game. How many of you guys are, like, tired of the game with boys? You know, all these boys just want to play games. These girls want to play games. You know, oh, I see a hand. Someone's being honest. Oh, we got another one. Yeah, all right. Uh, let me drop something real quick. Uh, dating someone, the only purpose for dating someone is to find who you're going to marry. And so if you're not ready to find the person you're going to marry, you might want to rethink the whole relationship deal because that's how people get hurt. You know, I'll be honest, I've been in it. Didn't understand what a dating relationship was supposed to be, and I got hurt, hurt another person, Nicole. Uh, so 
yeah, uh, just right there. And I think we can draw a lot of similarities between marriage and dating. Not that they're exactly the same. You know, I know there's big differences, but as far as general guidelines, if dating is a stepping stone to marriage, we can get a little bit of what we're supposed to do in the context of marriage. We can pull that and apply it into our dating relationships. And to show you guys this, I have a verse here. It's Ephesians 5.25. It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. And uh, first off, let's uh, look at that husband's deal there. Guys, this is directed to you, right? All my ladies out there know what we're talking about. But boys, you need to step it up, right? You need to step it up in loving your girls, right? But what we're talking about here is not just a love of that's a feeling. We're talking about a love that is a choice. And that choice is giving himself up for her. What does that look like? in my relationship. Everybody kind of knows what, or at least you have an idea what Jesus has done, right? An idea, kind of. Um, If you don't know, come talk to us. We'd love to explain it. I really don't have time to get into that whole thing. We'd we'd be here for a long time. But um, anyways, what basically, in a nutshell, what he done is he sacrificed himself for everyone that he loves. And in our relationships, could you imagine what it looked like if you were constantly putting the other person ahead of you, if you were constantly putting their needs, their wants, their desires ahead of your own, and also if they were doing that for you, if they were doing that in a cycle. Can you imagine what that would be like? You don't even have to be a Christian for that to help you, you know? You ain't even got to be someone that believes in this whole God-Jesus thing. I know I threw a whole bunch of Jesus stuff at you, and I'm sorry, Um, but we're in church, so you got to expect a little bit of it, right? Um, But you don't even have to be someone who accepts that for that to help you. This can absolutely help you. If you are in a relationship right now that you want to get better, start putting that person ahead of you. Start putting their needs, their wants, their desires ahead of your own, ahead of your own preferences. And uh, in my relationship with Sarah, there's one area that I kind of laughed about earlier this week in prepping for the message um, where I had to do this. And it was with a little show called The Bachelor. Right? We got any fans of The Bachelor? Chris, my man. Yeah, Chris is a fan. Um, And so uh, Sarah and I have been dating for about six and a half years now. And uh, throughout those six and a half years, she's watched The Bachelor, pretty much all of them, and every, like, subset of The Bachelor, so, like, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise, all those deals, watches every single one of them. And thankfully, for about five of those years, I got out of it, right? But, uh, she would watch The Bachelor with all of her girlfriends while she was in school. You know, she was living in a dorm room and all a bunch of stuff. Well, she graduates and she comes home and uh, she's in grad school now. But uh, she's still, she's living with her parents in Greensboro. So I saw her a whole lot more about a year ago. And uh, she came to me one day and she was like, you know, Bachelorette's coming up. And I'm like, oh, no, here we go. Here it comes. And she goes, and, you know, I, I was watching it all the time with my, uh, with my friends back at school. And now I'm not there, and I want to watch it. But I want to watch it with somebody. And I'm like, please don't say me. Please don't say me. Please don't. And she goes, I want that person to be you. And I'm like, oh, no. Right? And uh, so I had to man up for a second and say that, okay, honey, I'm going to put 
my preferences behind me and do this for you, and I will watch The Bachelorette. So I watched every episode of Becca's season of The Bachelorette, and I actually paid attention, right? And I actually kind of liked it, to be honest with you. It was kind of interesting. And then she made me watch Bachelor in Paradise, which is the trashiest thing I've ever seen on TV, right? (laughs) And then she finally rolls around and she finds some new friends to watch The Bachelor with, so I haven't watched a single episode of this current season, so I have no idea what's going on, and I am free, which is great. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh. And so, um, so, yeah, it's a constant build. It's a constant sacrifice for the other person's preference. And I'm going to wrap up real fast with a couple of different things. But uh, question, how many of you guys have ever ran out of gas? Ever ran out of gas? Right. Oh, yeah. So I got a quick story. I, uh, I have a work truck, and my work truck was supposed to be used on the weekend by this guy. This was a few years ago. He was supposed to use my work truck on the weekend, and then he was going to bring it back to my house um, so that I could get in it on Monday morning and go to work. I get in on Monday morning, crank the truck up, we're rolling down the road, and uh, I get about halfway to work, and keep in mind, this is like 3.15 in the morning, it's early, y'all, I I wake up early, but um, I get about halfway to work, and my truck starts sputtering, right, and I'm getting mad because I think my truck's breaking down. I'm like, oh my goodness, my truck is breaking down on the road. It's three o'clock in the morning. I can't, you know, I can't, I can't deal with this right now. I gotta go to work. And I look at the gauges, and my fuel tank is on empty, and the gas light's on, and it's blinking, right? And the car's sputtering. I'm like, oh great, I'm out of fuel. Thanks, Ben. You didn't give me any fuel, so I'm getting mad at Ben. I'm thinking, you know, Ben, this is your responsibility to put fuel in this tank so that I can go to work. You know, you use it on the weekend. You can put some fuel in it so I can go to work, right? At least give me enough fuel so I can get to the gas station. But, uh, no, I uh, had to call Greensboro Police Department, and they had to bring me a can of fuel. And uh, then I went to the gas station, and then I went to work. I was about 30 minutes late. But um, I was getting really upset because the other person who was supposed to be giving me fuel let me down. And how many times do we do that in our relationships? How many times do we think that that other person is supposed to be fueling this relationship? And we get mad at them because they are not putting fuel into the relationship. Happens a lot. Happens a lot with me, right? We think it's their responsibility. But let me tell you something. Your love of Jesus, both of you, will be the fuel of your love for another person. It's not the other person's responsibility to fuel the relationship, it's yours by letting your love of Jesus fuel that relationship. You know, a lot of times in our relationships, we're getting mad because we think that other person is supposed to be there fueling it, but it's really supposed to be Jesus. And we think our relationship is breaking down. We think that the relationship is over because we have no fuel left. But guess what, guys? You didn't break down. You ran out of fuel. Your relationship's not breaking down. Your relationship is running out of fuel. Jesus is supposed to be the fuel for your relationship. And, uh, you know, with me and Sarah, one thing that I love about our relationship is that I know for a fact that she loves Jesus. And I know that I love Jesus. 
And the thing is, when that is fueling the relationship, it's a constant build. It's a constant build of me bringing out the best in her and her bringing out the best in me because we are constantly relying on Jesus. We're constantly trying to be the best for the other person that we can be. And that's what our relationships are supposed to look like with each other. And I'm not saying that we have it all figured out. Me and Sarah absolutely don't have it all figured out. Chris and Whitney don't have it all figured out. Jonathan and his wife, uh, Donna, right? Well, I almost forgot her name. Whew. That's bad. The boss man's going to be mad. I forgot his wife's name. But, uh, man, uh, they don't have it all figured out. Nobody does. But I am telling you just from certain experiences that I've had, that I've had the privilege of learning from other people, this is true. It's a constant effort. It's constant work. And the last point here, when you both love Jesus, you will bring out the best in each other because you're always trying to be the best for that person, and they're always trying to be the best for you. And so let's review real fast. I know we talked about a lot, but uh, real quick, the first thing is that in order for you to know if you're supposed to be in a relationship, you have to have a relationship with the Lord that's real. That has to be an intimate relationship first. And then second, you have to love the person sacrificially. You have to always be willing to put them before yourself. And then third is that it's always constant work. It's always constant work of bringing out the best in somebody because you're being the best for them that you can be. And so what I want to do in this moment, we're going to sing another song here in just a few seconds. And it's all about letting the Lord be the king of your life. It's called King of My Heart. We sing it several different times, right? You guys know it. But it's all talking about let the Lord be the king of my heart and let him be the one who's the fire burning inside of me because he's good. He's never going to let us down. And I want us to think about what would that look like in my relationships if I truly let God be the king and I wasn't looking to my girlfriend or my boyfriend to fill that spot. But I was looking to Jesus to fill that spot because he's not going to let you down because his love is perfect. His love is divine. And uh, I just want you guys to think about that as we sing. And I'm going to pray for us. I'm going to pray for our relationships. I'm going to pray for my relationship. And, uh, you know, it's been great speaking with you guys tonight, so let's pray. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for all these wonderful students here at Impact and uh, the opportunity that we have to just come here to learn about you, to learn about the love that you have for us. And I pray for our relationships that as we move forward in our lives, as these students move forward in their lives, that you would be the one that guides them, that you would be the one that's at the center of their life, that they would have a real and intimate relationship with you before they ever look to another person. But God, when they do have that stability with you, God, I pray that you would speak into them so that they could find the person that you want them to be with. And God, I pray that you would let your love be the fuel for their relationship so they can know a relationship that is real, that is tangible, and that God is one that you desired for them. God, we thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you for his resurrection. And it's in his name that we ask and pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
If you would like to get more information on Impact Student Ministry or The Summit Church, visit us online at thesummitchurch.net.